Bibles with you, please turn to John 10, 10. We, um, we've been speaking on this for the last four weeks, where Jesus came and he said, um, he made the statement, he said, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and, de- and destroy, but I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. So what Jesus is saying in essence is, there's an enemy that has an, an agenda over your life. He has thoughts over your life. And the one thing that he wants to do is he wants to break down everything good about you and everything good in you. And some of us are sitting here and we've had stories and we've had experiences in our life where the enemy and the work of the enemy has stolen, has slaughtered, and has destroyed our lives. And I think one of the things that we need to realize is, is because in certain moments the work of the enemy is so so challenging, so hurtful, it brings so much brokenness to our life, we fall stuck in the first part of this verse. We never transition. We actually find ourselves in the Bible, but it's in the wrong part of the Bible. We find ourselves in this. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. One of the most amazing things that Jesus came to say is you need to recognize that because Jesus came, a whole new different way of God entering our lives became real. And Jesus said, I actually came to give you a grip, a hold onto this life. So that's what the the Hebrew actually means. I came to give you a handle on life, a handle that if you hold onto it, it'll actually release the overflowing reality of God in your life. So transition is important. Because if we don't transition, we'll never experience this living large reality that God has destined for us in our life. We'll always fall stuck in the the steal, the slaughter, and the destruction of the enemy over our lives. So Jesus makes this announcement. He said he came. Uh, What I love about it is he came. There's historical truth to it. It's not something that we're wondering. If you're unsure, read in history, not just your Bible. Jesus came actual evidence, more evidence that Jesus came than that there exists about Julius Caesar actually being alive. We don't question Caesar. (laughs) We question Jesus. So he came to give, not to take. It's one of the most amazing things that Jesus actually came to give you something. And this giving of what he wants to bring is life. And if we grab hold on, on this, it releases something of an abundance, something that will overflow in your life. So transition is important, especially for where we are. For those of you who went on Smash, we spoke on this made new reality. I think it's critical because the word transition actually means to the process of changing from one state or condition to the other. So one of the things that the Bible says in Colossians is we went from darkness and he conveyed us from darkness to to light. One of the questions that I want us to grapple with is how do we now transition from this made new reality to this living large reality that God made us new in Christ and it's brilliant and it's exciting and yes there's no reference to my old past but now that I'm made new what does life look like in its fullness so tonight I want to speak about the whole understanding of living large Um, I want you to think about this there's something big inside of you Think about that for a moment. Strip away all the theology and all the whatever you want to think of. Just think about this for one second. There's something big inside of you. The most passionate, 
the most intimate <clears throat> and the most um, significant element of the Christian faith is that God, the creator of all things, doesn't just communicate with us, <laughs> but he chose to live in us. It's, it's incredible that this big God that created the universe with his words didn't just choose to say, okay, I'll give you the capacity to hear my voice. That's not the only thing he did. He actually brought us to a place where we now recognize that he wants to indwell us. The same God who created everything we see um, as earth and heavens wants to take up residence in you and me, not just once, but permanently. Augustine said this, he said, we in our innermost being cannot find rest until we come to rest in God. Meaning that we cannot find rest until we rest in God's own resting in our hearts. Now that struck me. Think about the fact that God wants to find rest in you. God wants to indwell you. Consider the fact that every time you hear the word the Holy Spirit, it's all about the understanding that God wants to indwell you with your spirit. So in making us for himself, when God created us, he made us spirit receptive. He actually gave us the capacity to connect to the spirit. We know what connection is all about. Those of us who had Telstra over the weekend could watch the rugby. <laughs> Those of us on Vodafone <laughs> or Optus had to sit around me watching the rugby. It's beautiful. Why? Because this thing was made, it's, it was created with the capacity to receive signals. And in its ability to receive signals, suddenly it becomes compatible with wherever it receives signals from. Think about this, that God created you, created you with the ability to be receptive to the Spirit. There's something inside of you that when we think about humanity, we say that they are body, soul, and and spirit. We are spiritual beings. There's something inside of us, this bigness, this largeness inside of us that cannot be defined by our, by our mind and our um, body alone. We're not just soul and body. There's something different to human beings. And it gives us the capacity, if we understand this largeness inside of us, to connect to God in a way that will make you new. One of the key things um, in grappling with that is realizing that God created us to be open vessels, open to His Spirit, and open to His work in our lives. So if you believe that you've been made new, then you have to believe that God's presence is in you, and God wants to display His glory through you. Now this is critical, because there's a desire that I think will, 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 will be, a desire that will, that will be released inside of you that will constantly call to the fact that you're not just made new. That's the starting point. There's something inside of you that will constantly pull you to, if you have been made new, what next? What needs to happen as a next season in life? So being open to God <laughs> means being open to His Spirit. Sometimes I think we fall stuck in the wrong question, where we ask the question, how do I grow closer to the Spirit of God? And I think that's a difficult question to answer, because it's based on a wrong belief. I want to get closer to something or someone that's actually living inside of me. So I think we start off with the wrong question. And, and by starting off with the question, how do I get closer to God's Spirit? We're in essence saying that I believe that He's not 
not in me? One of the things that I realized is probably a much better question is, am I open to everything the Spirit is and everything the Spirit wants to do through my life? And there's some of you sitting here thinking, yeah, but Christianity is all about Jesus. We'll get there. Um, you'll see that there's no distance between Jesus and Spirit. One of the things that I think we need to grapple with is, am I open to everything the Spirit is and everything the Spirit wants to do in my life? I think the real sticking point is when it comes to our understanding of the Holy Spirit is that we're not open to the invasive, the transcending, and the transforming presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That word invasive literally means we, we don't like the fact that the Spirit wants to move into all areas of our life and He doesn't want to stop. He actually wants to enter. He actually wants to enter every room, everything that we've held hidden, everything that we want to withhold of God. He wants to invade the space. There's something invasive about the Spirit that, that if we come to a point saying, God, I want to be open, well, He's going to come. But it's not just that He's invasive. He wants to transcend in us, where He wants to take us past the little limitations that we love drawing little boxes around our lives, saying that I'm comfortable with this. The moment you allow God's Spirit full right of way in your life, it's going to invade spaces and areas in your life, and it's going to challenge you to say, those limitations are there to be broken. We need to cross boundaries in you and through you so that you can experience the real and transforming presence of God. There's two reasons why we don't do that. Firstly, we don't want transcending power because um, it'll take us further than our comfort levels. And in Western society, we love comfort. We absolutely love it. This afternoon, both me and Michaela, I had a weekend away, sat on the couch watching golf. Tiger Woods is leading. Yeah. Yeah. Tiger Woods is leading a tournament, hoping that it'll win. And uh, uh, Malia said, hey, are you guys hungry? And both me and Michaela, yeah, can we have tea? And can we have this? And can we have that? Never moved off the couch. And after a while, Malia said, geez, you guys are really comfortable. And I sat there. God, don't challenge and don't invade this space right now. Go, Tiger. Um, we love our comfort. We want to sit in comfort. And there's... This, this thing about comfort, that it's not all bad, but if our comfort drives us, it'll work against the work of God's Spirit in our lives. And we don't want the transforming uh, presence of God because we'd rather stay who we are because it's so easy to blame others. Have you seen? That if something is wrong in me, I'd much rather say there's something wrong with you and you need to change to fit my brokenness. You need to adapt so that I can feel comfortable in just me being me. And there's two things that I think the Spirit will constantly do in our lives. It'll take us beyond limits and it'll change you. It'll bring something to you that will shift. So unlocking this, this, this closed in view of our life will happen once we say yes to the living large reality of the Spirit in our lives. Listen to what Clark Pinnock said. He said, the Spirit works in a hundred thousand ways and it's not my responsibility to do anything but be open to the radical and sometimes surprising flow of the Spirit in our world. It's going to be different, um, and it's going, to, it's going to change you. So one thing that I love is the fact that Jesus was the perfect human being and the perfect example of the Spirit working um, in, in a human being. When Peter came to Cornelius, now Cornelius, there's a backstory if you want to go and read it, Acts 10 is the reference. Um, Cornelius was a gentle wasn't a follower. He had a vision that God wanted to do something in his life. 
and he sent for Peter. And when Peter spoke to him, listen to what Peter says, some of the assumptions that Peter has with a Gentile leader. So a, a guy that didn't sit in church. He said to Cornelius, you know what happened through Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. Actually says to him, remember that whole thing that happened in our community, everything that happened in our world? Cornelius, you as a Gentile guy, you know what happened. And then he makes a statement. He says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? He anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. When Jesus was anointed with, Holy, with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So what happened before Jesus went around doing good and healing people? He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. What did people experience because Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power? They knew that God was with him. I think sometimes we want to do good and we want to bring healing to people without acknowledging the fact that God wants to empower us through His Spirit. If it was true for Jesus, it has to be true for us. There's no doubt that Jesus did what He did by the power of the Holy Spirit. Gerald Hawthorne said, The Holy Spirit was the divine power by which Jesus overcame His human limitations, rose above His human weakness, and won out His human morality. It was the Spirit that gave him the capacity to actually experience that. So unlocking the door to life um, in the Spirit begins with understanding how Jesus was the perfect human being. Listen to just some of the sequence stories in the life of Jesus. Just before he started his ministry, Matthew 3, verse 16 to 17, um, it began saying, And as Jesus rose up out of the water, what's the story here? Jesus was being baptized. Again, I want to say if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you. Um, it's just part of the game. And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him, and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, this is the Son I love, and my greatest delight in him. What is so interesting is as soon as the Spirit came upon Jesus, the nature of the relationship changed. That suddenly, God was affirming a place of intimacy and a place of connection. This is the Son. It's not Jesus the carpenter, not just Jesus the rabbi, not just Jesus that lived with the promise. As soon as God saw the Spirit descend on Him, or as soon as the Spirit descended on Him, God said, this is the Son that I love. And I'm absolutely convinced that there's a level of intimacy and connection with the Father that is only possible once we realize um, that the Spirit empowers us and indwells us through, through what He does. See, what often has been overlooked looked, needs to be made clear that every major facet of the life of Jesus was a Spirit event. Can I say that again? Every major facet in the life of Christ was a spirit event. So baptism, being released into ministry, straight after that Luke 4 tells us that he was led, he was full of the spirit after this happened and the spirit led, led, led him into the wilderness. Jesus was tested and tempted for 40 days. Right after that the Bible says that he came 
out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing he did after being baptized, the Spirit ascending on him, after being led by the Spirit, full of the Spirit, into the wilderness, after coming out in the power of the Spirit, the first thing Jesus did was interesting. He went to Galilee, to his hometown, to Nazareth, and he went into the temple, and he took the scroll, and guess what he read? Luke 4, verse 18 to 19. You think Jesus is making a statement? What does Luke 4 say? say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. I love that. I have come to share the message of Jubilee, this whole thing that God is in this timeline reconstructing a whole new life that where you can enter into the favor of God for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. That's how Jesus starts his ministry. Actually reads out of a prophecy um, in Isaiah 61 where um, Isaiah quoted the exact same thing. But 50 chapters before that in um, suddenly doesn't want to play with if, if there's another one on you can take me to it there we go in Isaiah uh, 11 verse 1 to 3 Isaiah prophesies a very similar thing 50 chapters before he gets to the spirit of the Lord is on me and guess what he says he says out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot just meaning that there will be a baby um, so I'm not sure about this stump and root kind of stuff he says yes a new branch bearing fruit from the old root and listen how he defines it He says, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Everything in Jesus' life. If you're unsure about that, go and read what happened in his conception. The Holy Spirit came on Mary and Mary became pregnant. She was so full of the spirit that when Mary fled and went to Elizabeth, As soon as Mary walked into the room with Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit baptized John the Baptist, and the baby leaped in Elizabeth's womb. It's a spirit event. It was so significant that as soon as Elizabeth walked out of that, the Bible says that Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad, was was filled with the Spirit, and the Spirit of God came on him. It was so significant that when Jesus was born, Simeon came and he wanted to prophesy or just before, and guess what happened? The Bible says, and the Spirit of God came on Simeon and he started prophesying about everything that was going to happen. That there's something about this living large reality that's impossible if we want to do it ourselves. If we want to come to a place saying, okay, God, I'm going to do some big, st- big stuff for you. Let's bring the drawing board. Let's write a few good ideas. Versus actually coming to the realization that you were created, part of your design has been so infinitely and incredibly created that God finds resting place in you through His Spirit. And because He finds rest in you, the birthplace of everything that is large that will affect this world comes from within, not from just ideas that we conjure up in our minds. One of the things that struck me... um, was the fact that Jesus, in his humanity, was no different to us. That Jesus lived on this planet as a human being just 
like us. The only difference was he lived as an open vessel. I think sometimes we fall in the trap of closing ourselves down to what God wants to do. You're going to look at the life of Jesus just being an open vessel, and in three years, that's what happens to an open vessel. Someone that just says, God, whatever you want, whatever you need, I'm here and I'm ready. And in three years, he transforms the whole world and the history of mankind just because he was open. I think we struggle by living lives that are actually close to God, and at the same time, we say we want to be open to who you are. Part of being open to God <laughs> means being open to his spirit. Gerald Hawthorne, I love this guy, he said, Jesus needed the spirit's power to lift him out of his human restrictions, to carry him beyond his human limitations, and to enable him to do the seeming impossible. The Spirit empowered Jesus to do that. And guess what happened? Just after Jesus rose from the dead, what did he tell his disciples? He said, go wait in the upper room until the promise of the Father comes upon you. Acts chapter 2. And for 10 days they waited. And I think in 10 days God dealt with things in their lives that closed them up for God's work in them. And they suddenly realized that this wasn't just about saving a little ethnic group. This, this is about changing the world. And after 10 days, God dealt with everything that, that closed them up to the point that they became open vessels. And the Spirit of God ascended on them. And it changed the nature of their, their relationship there, where suddenly Jesus isn't referred to as the only begotten, begotten Son of God. He's referred to as the firstborn amongst many. That suddenly, because of what happened at the cross and what happened at Pentecost, we are now open and receptive to God's Spirit. And God wants to find His abode in you. He wants to live in you. He wants to empower you. That's the game. That's exactly what He wants to bring to us. There's moments in life where you are going through your times of uh, trials and temptation where you think it's all about willpower. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to force myself through it. Where the reality is, Jesus recognized that he was full of the Spirit. And because he was full of the Spirit, he entered into the temptation. And he entered into the trial. And he entered into every accusation and every lie the enemy had over his life. And he had the ability to walk out of that, not failing. Why? Because he didn't live with this trap, thinking that God's there and I'm here. He lived with, lived with the understanding that God is in me, and in the moment of my trial, and in the moment of my temptation, I'm not going to rest on my ability. I'm going to say, God, how do I deal with this? There's moments where Jesus entered into spaces, into, into communities, into areas that's very similar to what we're entering into. Your school, your uni, your workplace, and it didn't look like everyone saying, hey, we just want a revival. It wasn't that. He walked into communities that were broken, that were stuffed, but he was open to the Spirit. And because he was open, he had the capacity to do good and to bring healing. And something changed in the construct of that society. And I believe the same is possible for us. That as Gerald says, Jesus needed the Spirit's power to lift him out of his human restrictions, to carry him beyond his human limitations, and to enable him to do the seemingly impossible. I reckon we need the Spirit's power to lift us out of our human restrictions, to carry us beyond our human limitations. And to enable us to do the seemingly 
impossible in our life. See, living large starts by saying, God, I refuse to look at this life in any other way than what you created it to be. That you made this large. You created me in your image and in your likeness. And we don't serve a small God. And we don't serve a God who sits passive. We serve a God who wants to engage, who wants to do things in you, for you, and through you. And part of that starts by actually coming to a place, looking at yourself, saying, okay, maybe my own limitations and my own comforts has restricted me to such a point that I don't want what God wants for me at this moment. Maybe I'm at a place where what I want is different to what God wants. Realizing that what I want at this moment is actually closing me off to the work of God's Spirit and God finding rest in you. Maybe tonight, tonight where you need to come to a point saying, God, I need to make a choice to be open. I know these things are closing me off, but I need to make a choice to say, if I want to live large, I need to open myself up to God. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward and just maybe ask you to think about it for a second. Close your eyes. Just for a moment, just think about the question, are you closed or are you open to God? Ask yourself the question, what do you actually want? Do you want your closeness, your closedness, your limitations and your comfort to define you for the rest of your life? Or do you actually want to say, God, I'm not sure what this will look like. And I'm not even sure how this will happen. And I know there's stories in the Bible and it looks strange and different. But one thing I want is I want to be open to your spirit. If you're at that place, then you want to stand with me. I want to pray for you. Saying, God, I want to be open to your spirit. I want to pray for you. you to start thinking about things in your life that's closing you, you off to being open to God. This is something that I believe is deeply personal but also deeply public. That what happens in you will have a significant effect in what happens to our community and what happens to our world. So I want you to think about the things in your life at this moment that's closing you off. That's shutting down the work of God's the work of God's Spirit in your life. And maybe it's something that you need to mention before God. You don't have to need to shout, but maybe just in your own prayer, say, God, it's this. I know this is closing me down. It could be my comfort. It could be my sin. It could be my limitations, but it's closing me off. So just for a moment, I want you to, to think of that. Just bring that to God before I pray for you. I want to ask you to do something tonight. I just want to ask you to open your hands just in a, in a way of just saying, Lord, I'm ready to receive. So whatever way you feel comfortable with. I actually wrote a prayer down that I want to read for you. Don't normally do that, but I feel that I just want to, I just want to stick with this for a moment. Is that okay? So in the moment of doing that, just open yourself up to God 
just allow God to minister to you. There's something else that I want to do before we end, but I just want to pray this over your life. If you feel that what I'm saying and what I'm praying is resonating, you're welcome to say amen because that means, Lord, I'm inviting that into me. Let it be so in me. So dear Heavenly Father, I know I have been born of the Spirit, sealed by the Spirit, and I am indwelt by your Holy Spirit. So today I'm asking you to help me to be open to the fresh work of your Spirit in my life. And I know, Lord, that actually this is something easy for me because I was created in your image and in your likeness. God, you are the most big-hearted and open-hearted Father imaginable. You won't give us snakes and scorpions when we ask for your Spirit, but you give us grace and you'll give your Spirit without measure. So tonight, Father, we come not doubting your promise one bit and without shame or hesitation, we acknowledge our need for your spirit to indwell us. We ask for a fresh stirring and a fresh filling with your spirit. And we want to pray, Lord, that you would break through our comfort and our limitations in Jesus' name. We know, Lord, that apart from your spirit, we can't even believe the gospel and we won't be open to the love of Jesus. So, Lord, by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, Free me from my underbelieving and overcompensating life. Open the eyes of my heart to see more of Jesus. Dazzle me with your delight. Buckle my knees with your beauty. Put me face down on the ground from a renewed awareness of your glory, your grace, and your presence in my life, Lord. Grant me this incredible wonder and awe of who you are, who Jesus is, and who the Spirit is. Help me to see your majesty and your mercy in Christ, the perfection and the completion of your work in me. And Lord, grant me with everyone around me to know the height, the depth, the width, and the breadth of your love for me. Help me to understand, Lord, that your love surpasses knowledge and that your love is better than life and that your love is enough that you've poured out your love into my heart and that's why I can cry out saying God you are my father so Lord by the grave robbing kingdom advancing Christ exalting power of the Holy Spirit restore me to my original design come and make your dwelling place in me and Lord release the power of your spirit through me to bring your kingdom to this community to this city and this nation in Jesus name amen and amen